This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to talk to you about Coin. It's a new credit card that is out. Um, and it is a credit card, really, for people who are tired of, you know, doing business with people who hate your guts or who take some of your money and contribute it to things like La Raza or Planned Parenthood or BLM or Acorn. This credit card is new and it is called COIN, the COIN card. It's spelled C-O-I-G-N, COIN, the COIN card, America's only conservative credit card and gives you freedom to support the causes that match your values, unlimited cashback rewards, world-class theft and fraud protection, and the ability to line your dollars with your values because COIN donates to conservative causes. Rob Collins, COIN CEO, has been a guest on the program. I really love what he is doing. This is a way to get out of the system and make sure that you are doing business with people who like doing business with you. To learn more and apply for a coin credit card, go to coign.com slash blaze. That's coin.com slash blaze. coign.com slash blaze. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Did you know the first senator to endorse Jimmy Carter? I mean, come on, this is just too good to be true. Biden. Joe Biden was the first senator to endorse Jimmy Carter's presidential run. And Carter described Biden as his most effective supporter. Well, at least he was effective at one point in his life. Um, We have the author... Of, uh, of a new book that is out, how Joe Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter ever was. The Biden Malaise. You want to listen to this with Kimberly Strassel. She is on with us in 60 seconds. Stand by. <laughs> Biden Malaise. Uh, all right, let me tell you about our sponsor uh, this half hour. Our sponsor is My Patriot Supply. You know the drill. One crazy story blows up in the media. The next thing you know, empty shelves around the grocery store. I saw this story today. It's crazy. Canada is like, hey, we should update our nuclear fallout shelter advice for nothing to see here, but maybe we should update it. Really? How come? Jeez, we live in weird times. Uh, One way to take the pressure off yourself is just to be prepared. Then you don't have to worry about this stuff. 
If you're not a prepper, if you're somebody who has not had food storage yet, you think you can't afford it or whatever it is, My Patriot Supply is offering for you right now a one-week emergency food supply. Oh, we'll be eating each other like animals soon. But at least that first week, you don't have to look at anybody and go, hmm, I don't know, looks pretty marbled. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of happy, worry-free customers. Kit comes in nifty ammo can that can be loaded with delicious foods. There's no skimping with the meals, 2,000 calories per day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only. The one-week emergency food supply, MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Kimberly. Glenn, it is great to be here. <laughs> it's great to have it's you so on. Great now, to talk to you. Thank you. Um, you wrote uh, the book on the Biden malaise, uh, and you have a happy ending to it. But your your contention is Joe Biden is worse than Jimmy Carter ever was. I think at this point that's pretty obvious to even maybe Democrats. Do you agree with that? Well, I don't, I mean, they won't admit it, obviously, but it should be, obviously, it should be obvious to everyone, especially looking at his dismal poll numbers um, and the state of the economy. And and by the way, there were Democrats that warned him not to take the steps he took. So they understood what would come from it, the inflation, the high gas prices, and he did it anyway. Um, Is anybody, do would you say that's different this time around? It seems like every, all the Democrats are on board with everything he's doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the reason this has all happened is because Joe Biden is not a leader and he's not willing to stand up to the crazies in his party. If you look back over his long history, he's always just been a vessel. Wherever the party power was at the moment, that's what he reflected. And if he'd have stood up, if he'd have actually taken the advice of sane economists, etc., cetera, uh, we wouldn't be in the situation we are right now. Um, but he was never going to push back. That's another big difference between him and Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter had a very rollicking, sprawling party, and a lot of them didn't like him because he actually got in fights with them. Right. So um, Carter, I never, I, I mean, I never had the feeling that he was intentionally trying to dismantle America. I just thought he was a mess. Um, Can you compare their philosophies? Uh, I mean, Biden is surrounded by all kinds of uh, anti-American or anti-capitalist kind of, of people. Was it the same with Carter? You just put your finger on the word that matters here and and what really separates these two presidents, Glenn, and that is intent. Um, You you know, if you go back and you look at Jimmy Carter, first of all, he was dealt a far harder hand than Biden was. I mean, we were already in the middle of global inflation. There had already been an oil shock. We were in the middle of a very aggressive Cold War. And, And to the extent that he desperately mismanaged all of this, he was at least trying to make things better, right? He was trying to actually help unemployment. That was the reason he took a lot of the steps he did. It didn't work. He had the wrong advice. Uh, he was still enthralled to Keynesian economics, but, but, but he had the best interests of the country at heart. You know, Joe Biden took what should have been an amazing economy, just co- turning the corner from COVID, um, a, an amazing energy sector, which we had just become a net exporter of oil. 
Um, and in a fervor to turn us into European style socialism, use COVID as an excuse to spend six trillion dollars um, to attack fossil fuels in a climate agenda and manage to spiral up inflation to massively increase the size of government and to make it impossible for people to fill their cars up with gas um, or to pay their heating bills. And, and so it's intent. His goal is to transform the country. And we all know that the methods that he's chosen lead to rack and ruin, but he doesn't care. So let me let me switch to what you talk about towards the end of your book, and that is Reagan. Reagan comes around and he's not liked by the Republicans. Um, (laughs) He's an he's an outsider, um, but he is cheerful and he reminds people who we really are. Do you see that candidate out there? Not yet. And that makes me very sad because I truly believe that we could potentially have another moment like the end of the Carter administration in which a country has seen up close and personal again what it's like to have failing economic policies. Uh, And one consequence of that in Carter's years was it was this incredible opening. And Ronald Reagan, with his ideas, which were very different, as you know, from Rockefeller Republicans, uh, and with his very cheery message, uh, was able to not just change an election, but change electoral politics in this country for a generation. You know, the whole Reagan Democrat movement, which, by the way, those people are now the Republican base. Um, but I look out at the mm. field now. I think what we have is a lot of people who are all trying to show they've got fight, right, to show that they, they can throw a punch as, just as much as Donald Trump can. Um, and, but we're not hearing as much about their vision. And we certainly aren't seeing enough people smile for God's sake, like just smile and have an optimistic vision for the future. Right. Um, and, and everyone's well, it's, just instead. But it's, yeah. Isn't it really hard to have an optimistic future when you know how deep, unlike Carter, you know, the Republican or the Democratic Party back then didn't seem to hate and be against the country. Um, you have almost every institution corrupted and falling further and further away from defending our constitution and our way of life i mean it's kind of hard to have an optimistic attitude because it's a real it's the biggest fight perhaps of our entire country's history don't you think oh i agree with you it's very difficult i think it was also uh, very hard back for in the time that reagan was running not necessarily I, I agree with you the democratic party was a different beast but the depths of the kind of uh the tearing apart the the country was very divided back then it had been through a lot of traumas vietnam watergate i mean people were so demoralized so it, it was very hard to, to do it then too i think what has to be done is someone's got to remind this doesn't mean you could be optimistic and still call out those failings sure. right because sure. what what you got to do is you have to remind people uh in a, in again in a way that shows leadership uh, just how off the rails that party has gone um, and show that you can actually accomplish stuff and have a vision and have an optimistic without resorting to their tactics. Um, and I think a lot of people would gravitate to that. So I agree with you 100%. Your book is kind of more of a, a guide than anything else to show us what we what we really need to do. Um, and it is 
it's the greatest opportunity right now to reset America and put her principles. You know, it's, it's, I, I would say, have we tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? We need to restore its original principles, its factory settings. Um, but there doesn't seem to be, uh, except for the people, it doesn't seem to be anybody really willing, as far as parties go. The Democrats are way off the rails. The Republicans are kind of like they were under Reagan, where I'm not sure that they're all that helpful to somebody who believes in the Constitution. I, I agree with you, um, and especially here, here's the, the positive thing, Glenn. I truly believe that while the parties and the party leadership are at each other's throat, I think most Americans fundamentally agree with those constitutional principles that you just Correct. outlined, or at least are open to hearing about how we need to return to that. One of the problems I see in the Republican field at the moment is that there's very much a, a kind of you versus us mentality, uh, even among the candidates, basically saying, you know, if you if you think this, then you are, you know, morally reprehensible. Correct. Um, and and Correct. and and that and taking it to extreme levels, not seeming to understand that a lot of Americans do have very nuanced views on abortion or other cultural mm-hmm. issues. You know, that's why they're hot buttons. Um, one of the great things about Reagan is he didn't do a you versus us thing. He he spoke to everyone as Americans and said he'd lead everyone as Americans, and that's what convinced people to switch parties and come in. Well, he did take a you versus uh, us in one way. It was us against the government. He said government was sure. the problem. I'm going to get them out of your, your hair. Uh, right. And that's the same kind of message that would win today. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I know that the party is having a you know long, involved debate about how it needs to transform itself. But, you know, sometimes like if like if you got a wheel and it turns like and it's not broken, like there is a formula. Right. For um, people don't like government. And, and you just hit on something. We need to have a leader that figures out the things that unite us. And guess what? Most people don't like government. I mean, even people who, you know, are sat by while it got bigger, uh, their interaction with it is not great. Uh, you know, uh, everyone understands that it's all one big version of the DMV. So uh, some themes like that, those things that unite us, uh, I think the way to go. I'm still waiting to see it, though. Uh, we're talking to Kimberly Strassel. She is uh, the author of The Biden Malaise. It just came out this week. She's also uh, a Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Journal columnist uh, and an editorial board member uh, and a good friend of the program. We are going to take a quick break. I don't want to come back. And if you're willing to, I'd like to talk to you about the individual candidates and what you see. Uh, how's that shaping up and strengths and weaknesses of all of the Republican candidates uh, in line with what you're talking about? Back in 60 seconds. You know, the one thing that we all need is good sleep. And for good sleep, you need a few things. Uh, one of them is a pillow for a great night's sleep. 
Go to the pillow guy. My pillow is celebrating their 20th anniversary and Mike Lindell wants you in on the celebration. And when you use the promo code Beck, you're going to get the lowest price ever on a queen size. My pillow. The regular price is sixty nine ninety eight. So you're going to get it for nineteen ninety eight. And the king size is just ten dollars more. You'll also find deep discounts on other amazing my pillow products. So join in on the celebration. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener special squares. And you're going to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size. My pillow for 1998 promo code back or you can call 800-966-3117 that's 800-966-3117 the offer comes with a 10-year warranty 60-day money-back guarantee you don't have anything to lose with a trial period like this so start sleeping well get the quality sleep you need uh call my pillow at 800-966-3117 or go to mypillow.com use the promo code back 10 seconds station id so Kimberly Strassel is with us. She is the author of The Biden Malaise, uh, how Joe Biden is far worse than Jimmy Carter ever was, and the need for a new Reagan. So first of all, I guess, tell me what you think we should be looking for in these candidates. And then let's go through some of the candidates. Sure. And by the way, I wish I'd had you do the subtitle on my book, Glenn, because it's much better than the one that's actually there. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is the actual subtitle? I'm oh, sorry. No, no, it's, no. Uh... I don't. I, no, no. Yours is better. That's what I'm saying. Let's oh. not even say the other one. It's a mouthful. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Yours is much all right. more direct. Um, uh, all right. So let's go. Who, who do you want to go first? <laughs> what are we looking for? Um, uh, well, I think the, the yeah. Tell us what we're looking for and then let's go through the candidates. Well, I think what I'm looking for, what I think the nation would benefit for is is uh, some of that old fashioned Reagan philosophy, which is limited government, uh, right? Uh, fiscal responsibility um, and, you know, strong national defense on the grounds. I know there's a debate about this in the GOP at the moment, but my view is that when America's standing strong, there's less likelihood of conflict, and that actually allows us to dedicate more of our time and resources to our own problems here at home. I think I think that was very clear with Donald Trump. I mean, you know, I don't think Putin would have gone into uh, Ukraine with Donald Trump there. If you have somebody who is strong, the military is strong. And honestly, I've always said somebody with a twitchy eye where you're like, you yeah. know, I think he just might do that as long as the uh, <laughs> the enemy of the United States is feeling that way. We're pretty safe. We're pretty safe. I um, couldn't agree with you more. Yep. OK, so when you look at the the candidates, I mean, there's a lot to a uh, lot to go. But Donald Trump is the one that it's really at his point, uh, his to lose, I think. Um, what are your thoughts on Donald Trump? So I agree with you that it's his to lose. Um, although, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I live in kind of a, a town that's really was Trump country. Um, it's a very conservative area, the kind of place where you would see like the double Trump flags on the back of the pickup truck waiting, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah, I've yeah. been yep. really surprised by how many people who voted for him twice have said that they would like to get a look at other people and that they're not sure this time. And I think you see that reflected a little bit in the polls, too, in that, you know, he's got a solid number, most like 35, 40 percent 
Um, that's a little bit more than he had back in the, the, the 2016 primaries. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think what's going for him, though, is this crowded field, just as it was back in 2016. And, you know, Correct. there's clearly more voters who haven't yet decided on him yet, but they're all splitting the field. Um, you know, my one concern with Trump in terms of what we've been talking about is I don't think, A, that he is a, a natural communicator of a philosophy. It's not his deal. He likes the politics, right, much more than he likes yeah, the yeah. policy idea of this. Right. Um, and and, he, and he's certainly not your sunny guy, you know? <laughs> right. It's funny because in some reasons, but yeah, he's not. Yeah. Some, he, I think he used to be at times uh, a sunny guy before he got into politics. Um, but uh, yeah, not not necessarily uh, now and, and probably good reason. Uh, Ron DeSantis. So. Ron DeSantis, in my mind, uh, he's got the ability to do all this, but I think his problem, and we're seeing it from from the reset, of course, his campaign says it's not a reset, which confirms that it is a reset. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, I think what's happening there, and I've kind of heard this, he felt a lot more comfortable in Florida, knew what he was doing, felt comfortable making his own decisions. This campaign looks to have been very poll driven so far. Um, and I keep wanting to mm. say, like, let Ron DeSantis be Ron DeSantis. Um, because if you look at that amazing reelection he won in Florida, I mean, sure, there were probably a number of base voters who liked what he did with Disney and liked what he did with the schools sure. and transgender stuff. But a lot of people just loved that he was competent when they had that storm, that the gas got delivered, that Big their time. taxes got lowered, yet that government got smaller, that you just had a leader who knew how to get stuff done. And I really wish we heard more of that from him. The the other one I'd be interested in in hearing uh, about is Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he is so fascinating. I think he's got a few like really out there ideas, um, <laughs> but but on the on the upside, uh, it's because he has ideas. I mean, that guy is so sharp. Um, he is a font of policies. Um, when he's not sure what he's talking about, he goes and gets educated on it. He's obviously got yeah. an enormous amount of energy. And I think that he's actually getting a real look. I mean, people kind of just immediately wrote him off when he got into this. But that guy is out there and he is working like a dog. And I think he's making some gains. I think so, too. I, I think he could be a vice presidential uh, nominee, if, if not uh uh, presidential uh, nominee in the end. If he keeps going the way he's going, he is a, a very different and sunny kind of guy. He has the Reagan yep. son to him, which I is really important. Say, yeah, that's the other thing is he does have a vision. And, you know, if you listen to him, he talks a lot about what it means to be American and how we need to be proud to be American. He talks a lot about those values you mentioned, Glenn. Um, and that's a little bit of what Reagan did. Obviously, he, he's a very different person, um, but uh, he, he's closer to that than I think a lot of the other candidates. I agree. Kimberly, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. The new book is The Biden Malaise. It came out uh, just a couple of days ago, The Biden Malaise by Kimberly Strassel. You can pick it up wherever you find your books. More in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. 
Leah lives in uh, Ohio. Let me tell you a little bit about one of the best days of her life. One Sunday morning, a few months back, Leah sat on her couch. She was in so much pain. She was in tears. Now, obviously, this isn't what made it one of the best days of her life. What she did on that day made it such. She made the decision to try Relief Factor. She heard me talk about it for a long time. She hadn't given it a shot yet. Been there, sister. But this was the day. You know the drill. She got her life back. She says within eight days, her pain began to fade. And it's only gotten better since. Three-week quick start. It's only 1995. It's a trial pack. It's not a drug, so it won't whack you out, but was developed by doctors. And hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. And 70% of them go on to order more. So go to relieffactor.com or call 800 the number 4 relief 800 the number 4 relief 1995 3 week quick start again relieffactor.com 800 the number 4 relief feel the difference relieffactor.com So many great books out right now and also Glenn Beck's Dark Future it's available wherever you get your books at glensnewbook.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. Looking at your uh, Twitter here, Glenn, you just tweeted a photo uh, outside your broadcast studio. And you say, outside of yeah. my broadcast studio are some of today's best artists. Now, which one of them is Hunter Biden? I know he's really the uh, top guy. He's not here. No. He's not here. No, but look at the name. I don't know if you know anything. About, I don't know uh, anything. No, I don't know anything. Yeah, I will these be are honest with you. I don't know anything about art, but I, I've seen some of these people's work and it's incredible. I mean, I, it's incredible. And uh, I bring them up to the ranch uh, once a year. Uh, and uh, it's for the Inspired Arts League, which I don't run or, you know, I'm just a member of. Uh, and we donate the ranch and and uh, put on the food and everything else and these guys come up and they just paint and i'm allowed to sit and listen and watch and oh my gosh it is they are amazing we two days ago um we were given a challenge uh there's how many of us 15 12 and uh we were given a nine foot panel and said the only instruction was uh, something that you that scared you that you got through, you have two hours to paint it. All of you paint one painting together. Go, and we we're all like, what? "What? Wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute!" And all of us thought it would be an absolute disaster. I should tweet out what what happened. Just then, this giant thunderstorm came rolling through the valley, and it got very very dark. And everybody just looked up at the sky and went, okay, that's it. And within two hours, we painted a painting that is just unbelievable. And there were like 10, 10 of us at least working on it at the same time. And we'd all step back and go, okay, that needs to be, who wants to do that? And boom, we do. it was really fun, mm. really fun. That's really fascinating. Uh, and it's so last night we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, it's strange. You, you know, I, I, I mean, I would imagine that your politics are not necessarily aligned with uh, every artist. Don't, we don't talk politics at all. Smart. Nobody talks politics. There were a couple of artists last year. They were like, I don't know. I'm going to Glenn Beck. I mean, uh, I feel sorry for the guy from India. He was like, I looked him up on. I mean, 
Really? I mean, <laughs> he's Satan. I don't have to <laughs> sacrifice a chicken, do I? Uh, <laughs> not like, no, but we are slaughtering cows. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we don't talk politics at all. And that's a good thing, I yeah. think. A really uh, good thing. Have you talked at all with, with them, you know, being really you know, famous, accomplished artists about what they think is going on with AI? Yeah, uh, none of them like it. Um, <laughs> I would and assume I not. Think, yeah. <laughs> I think they are still of the mindset that handcrafted things will be worth more than uh, AI things. And I think in the long run that's true. Um, but it's like, for instance, I, I, I equate it to um, when Quartz came out. I'm a watch collector. Quartz came out. You could not buy a handmade, uh, beautiful watch that you would have to wind because everybody went to Quartz. I mean, even the biggest watch houses went, you know, to Quartz. And all of a sudden, the price of a handmade watch went through the floor. Smart people bought up all of those watches and just kept them in vaults. Now, it's the same. You don't, if you're a watch collector, if you're somebody who really likes a timepiece for the handmade quality, you buy that. You don't buy quartz. If you're somebody that just wants time, you'll buy a quartz watch because that's all you need it for. But there is a place for handmade everything. And I think it's going to become more valuable. People will want something real. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's definitely. True, I think you know, like I, my, you know, my my son is a, you know, he likes sports collectibles, and like obviously you could print a baseball card that looks the same as the one that was released in 1985 Correct. or 1955. A signature is a perfect example of this. Obviously, you could recreate a signature easily, but the real signature is is what's worth it, right? And I I assume that continues though with the AI stuff. Some of it looks so real. I don't even know uh, anymore. I don't know. There's something to be said, though, when uh, I mean, I can think of so many things like this that, you know, it was fun for a while. Let, let's take uh, um, the uh, uh, what do you call it? The hero movies uh, that are being made. The Marvel what company is that Marvel. Mm -hmm. Marvel was great because at first it was like, wow, I've never seen anything like that. Now you're like, hmm. Yeah, because it's all that, you know what I mean? And nothing is is real where you look at Mission Impossible, where it's AI assisted and you know that uh, he was actually in the plane, the helicopter doing that. That adds something to it. I, th I think the Tom Cruise movie is a great example of real life mixing it. And Marvel is just kind of meh because it's not real. Yeah, it's almost like you're buying the story. I, I find so much of this, uh, a lot of this, the stuff that goes viral on the internet has this same sort of thing where like, you know, like Dude Perfect is like one of the biggest, uh, you know, accounts yeah. on YouTube and they do crazy trick shots is one of the things that they do. And they'll, you know, they recently, you know, shot, uh, a, you know, basketball shot off the top of some Vegas tower. You know, it's the highest mm -hmm. basketball shot ever. And you see the thing go down. And, like, they could easily do that in CGI, and it would be nothing, right, to see that. But the nothing. fact is, the whole story of them taking multiple days and thousands of shots to try to make this and then finally making it is what you were interested in. And I think, I guess that's where it goes. 
But like, I, it, you also can see the other side of it. I, I know with um, you know Hollywood obviously on, is on strike now, and they're doing this. This the actors and the writers. A lot of that has to do with AI, and the the possibilities were of where that's going is really fascinating. I, I don't know if you saw this from Justine Bateman. You remember her from Family Ties? And oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she, very bright. Yeah, she's also a computer. She has a computer science degree as well, apparently. Um, yeah. But she tweeted she tweeted this thread. I, this is a couple months ago, but I think it's fascinating. Where does AI going with film? Uh, mm-hmm. Listen to this. One hmm. AI written scripts. Okay, you kind of figured that's already happening. I'm sure. Um, and digitally scanned actors, image and or voice, both already exist. Some talent agencies are actively recruiting their clients to be scanned. You can choose the projects, but you'll only get 75 cents on the dollar. But okay, and now you think you're not mm-hmm. even doing any work, right? What, what's the big deal? There's all an AI. Um, then it says your, div- your digital image can be triple or quadruple booked. So that bodes well if you happen to be a you know, top 10 percenter. Uh, number two, films customized for a viewer based on their viewing history, which has been collected for many years. Actors will have the option to have their image bought out or to be used in anything at all. Three, films ordered up by the viewer. For example, I want a film about a panda and a unicorn who save the world in a rocket ship and just put Bill Murray in it. Mm. <laughs> Imagine that typing that into Netflix and then you just get the movie. And if you happen to, well, to, I will tell you to be a, 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 a what is it, Black Mirror watcher, and you watch the first one from this season, you you know it seems completely absurd. But I mean, that's the sort of stuff they're talking oh, about. Oh, it could here. be done. Oh yeah, and you know what? It, somebody will hit on a hit. Somebody will have an idea, put it together, and it will become a hit. And yeah. it'll be like, you know, YouTube movies. This this happened where, with, what was it, Drake? Uh, I think it was one of those, you know, some you know, yes, musician. Yes. And he had, there was an AI song written that sounded like his voice. It wasn't him, wasn't his song, but it was becoming popular. They had to suppress it to make it not become a hit. Um, but that's just all coming, right? That's all oh, around yeah. the corner. And the, pro- the problem is, is where is uh, plagiarism? Where's the line? I mean, you can look at, for instance, um, we were talking, I can't remember what the painting was. We were talking about some painting and uh, this person had done another painting and it was very similar. Now, did he copy that or did he go and say, oh, I, I, I don't even remember seeing that before. Maybe honestly not seeing it or seeing it a long, 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 long time ago, maybe in his childhood. And it just kind of pushed to the front. With AI, there is no childhood. There's no memory that you lose, that there's no subliminal anything. It's all there. And if it's read and consumed everything, everything is plagiarism. All of it. All of it is plagiarism. Yeah, that was to the, some degree or another. There's that Sarah Silverman uh, uh, yes. lawsuit. I don't know if you saw that from a couple of weeks ago where, you know, basically the, the AI, you can ask AI to summarize her book, right? And the AI will summarize her book and all the things that are in it, stories from inside the book. And she's like, that's my book. You just took all the stuff yes. from my book and just gave it away for free. Right? Like, yes, <laughs> I think she has an argument there, honestly. Um, couple oh, more, she does. A couple more from this, Glenn. Uh, other possibilities of AI in the future of what happens in film. Viewers getting digitally scanned themselves and paying extra to have themselves inserted into custom films. 
Easy. Totally. Licensing deals made with studios so that viewers can order uh, uh, order up older films like Star Wars and put their face on Luke Skywalker's body and their ex-wife's face on Darth Vader's body, etc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six, training an AI program on older hit TV series and creating an additional season. Family Ties, which Easy. she was in. Uh, had 167 episodes. An AI program could easily be trained on this and create an eighth season because they only shot seven. I mean, I, I, this is going to be a really weird world. And, it's, and there's, a, I, there's that window. It's coming Glenn, fast. Yeah, coming really fast. And there's that window where right now, people like, you know, Bill Murray, right? They'll want to be, they'll want those people in these movies. They'll have a chance to license themselves out. But like over time, they're just going to create AI stars from scratch. That will just replace all the... You don't need Bill Murray. People won't remember him. He'll be Stu. dead 30 years Stu. from now, and they'll just be all AI people out there acting. Stu, why would you... I mean, it's the same thing that I say about AI for relationships. Actors are a pain in the ass. Yeah. They're a pain in the ass. Okay? All the stuff that you have to do. You know, I need this. I need that. And, oh, I don't know if I can work. All of that stuff. Mm. Why would any mega studio say, no, let's have all that drama here on the set instead of saying I can take them, license their image and I don't have anything to do with them? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, no, totally. And by the way, uh, as you brought that up, I thought, man, talk show hosts can be difficult, too. Uh, This would be (laughs) no no offense. I will tell Um, you this. mm -hmm. We we won't be able to do it. Uh, Ben Shapiro will be able to do it. Because you don't ever hear him go, um, oh, what was that name? Uh, uh, <laughs> like me. So if I'm ever replaced by AI, you'll know because I'll sound like Ben Shapiro. Yeah, yeah. Cut ben with Shapiro a spoon style may- forks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Ben Shapiro may actually be AI right now. And I still love it. I still love it. Well, uh, th- th- you know, you uh, mentioned the, re- the relationship thing, which, of course, is uh, coming with all sorts of weird- weirdness. But like the, what, I was reading no. an article this morning about uh they're doing this with with like instagram influencers right where i mean what's an instagram influencer i mean to be true like we don't know who these people are they haven't accomplished anything of note that we know of they come out and they become popular because they're hot and they're wearing bikinis in like you know foreign locations well that's easy for ai you don't even have to know who these people are they're just creating them from scratch to look perfect to be wearing bathing suits in you know some incredible with some incredible backdrop and then they're trying to sell you the bathing suits or whatever they're trying to hawk to you. And it's like, you're just going to create these people from scratch over time. Those people will be the famous people, right? The, the fake See, people it. will be the famous people. I have to tell you, I think that's wrong. I mean, look at me. Here I am in an exotic location mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, wearing a bathing suit right now. No. And... Uh, you're creating about. horrible imagery for the radio listening audience. <laughs> I assure you, if you're watching Blaze TV, he's fully clothed. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, dear God, AI, save us. Back in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Goldline. I want to make sure you know about the perils of our current financial situation. If you use history like I do as a tool to look back and learn from, with, uh, with that hope, we can prevent disaster from striking again. Either way. I want you to get prepared in case disaster does strike again. And I I really do think it's going to happen. So what do you do? Well, you might think, I don't have enough money to buy gold. Have you looked at silver? Have you even considered this seriously? It used to be the thing of fringy people, you know, like me. 
It's not anymore. Did you see, you know, my grandfather taught me the rich uh, get richer. Yes. Why? Because they're doing things way before the average citizen figures it out. Uh, they, he said, if, they, if we would have done what the rich people did prior to 1929, uh, maybe we would have been wealthier. But we didn't. Here's one of the things that the uber rich are doing right now. And I say uber rich, I mean the central banks all over the world. They are moving their money into gold. Goldline right now, this week, has a quarter ounce gold Mayflower coin. And with every 20 of the quarter ounce gold Mayflower coins that you buy, you will receive at no additional charge 250 one ounce copper rounds. I want you to call. Just find out um, more information. There's no obligation. Just say, I just, I just want the information on this and why gold or silver or whatever might be right for me. 866-GOLDLINE. They're waiting for your call right now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Dark Future is out digitally now. You can get it uh, on uh, your Kindle or wherever you get your digital books. For some reason, the audiobook's still not out. We want to thank Amazon for that. Uh, Glenn, scale of 1 to 10. Uh, 1 being these whistleblowers change nothing, and Joe and Hunter are going to go on with their lives as normal. 10 being this ends in them being thrown out of office and maybe into prison. Uh, Where are you right now? Six. Six. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, where am I? Yeah. Where am I in the real America, the real world that I grew up in? Yeah, I should clarify. Ten. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm saying what do you think um, is going to happen, though, not the world that you think sh- should exist. The world that does exist, uh, I would put it at a one. But I think this evidence is so strong that... If they keep pounding it and that you find as much as you have in the last few weeks, if it continues this way, it's going to be a slow drip, 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 and a stone uh, moves with just small little drips. It decays and and, uh, crumbles. Uh, I think this could be a slow drip that even in today's world will end in real trouble for the Bidens. The Glenn Beck Program.